You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe Show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. As I'm recording this episode, I am one day shy of my due date. (laughs) I have been a recording machine trying to get all this content out to you guys so I can just coast while I'm on maternity leave. So by the time this comes out, I will have a new baby boy in my arms. Please go ahead and follow my little updates over on Instagram. I'm going to be probably sharing little things as they happen. So I'm over at Dr. Low, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore L-O. And um, I'm excited. You know, it's funny because everybody's like, are you just ready to get this baby out? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm just enjoying this quiet time where I really have, I mean, full permission to be super lazy and where I can, you know, kind of back out on plans and just lay around and do nothing. It's really, really nice. I said on my Instagram that I wish I could be on maternity leave forever. It's it's a really nice break. I'm sure towards the end I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to do something and get to work. So I'm just, you know, I'm just one of those that I love what I do and it's um it's definitely a passion of mine. But I've been for sure enjoying the time off. And um hopefully you guys have been enjoying the episodes. What I love about this show is that I can because it's my show and no one tells me how to do it, I can put out there whatever I want. Like last week we talked with Rebecca Boatman talking about you know, how to magnetize your soulmate. We did an episode um, before that on, on using ketones for weight loss. And, you know, before that was with Dr. Joe Pizzorno. We were talking about um, environmental medicine and how toxins can lead to, to problems with losing fat. And this show is completely different. We're talking with Dr. Jess Pete Ross about mold and hidden infections and it's going to be definitely more medical. So, you know, if you're not wanting something that's a little bit of a brain exercise, it might not be the episode for you, but I highly recommend it because it's a topic that doctors never talk about. And it's something that it's really important to be aware of. And, um, you know, even for me, when I was starting in my practice, it was something years down the line that I started to really realize was such an important issue that patients were dealing with. And for those who were having so many symptoms and so many, you know, difficulties getting healthy, it was, it was something I had to start looking into and treating for my patients. So, um, I, for the whole progression of this show, the whole history over the last eight years, I've never really done a topic or a show on this topic. So I'm really excited to share this with you guys. This episode is brought to you by Balance Bites Meals. I love this, this company. I have been using this company for a few months now, especially in my third trimester, because I haven't really had the energy to cook. And especially at the end of a workday when I was seeing patients still, there's no way I was going to cook a meal. I mean, it's so easy just to like snack on little things before going to bed, but I would find that when I would do that, my, my sleep would not be as good. So getting a really good quality dinner you know, with good proteins, fats, carbs, like lots of veggies that I was finding when I was adding that in, I was getting, my energy was a lot better. And so was my sleep. So for you busy people listening, this is like a godsend for you guys. So basically these are meals that are already prepared. They're already cooked in a kitchen. You don't have to make anything. They arrive to you um, vacuum sealed and they're on ice. So you can put them right in your freezer. If you don't plan on eating them right away, you can put them in your fridge And you basically just cut it open, put it in a pan, maybe add some like avocado oil, warm it up, and it is done like in three minutes. It's so nice. So um, uh, for my podcast listeners, you can get a free bone broth with a meal delivery package. So to get yours, you go over to balancedbites.com. So it's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D bites.com slash meals, and then just enter Dr. Low at checkout. So D-R-L-O, and you get yourself a free bone broth. Organifi is also a proud sponsor of this show. I am really excited to finally start drinking their green juice again. I've been avoiding it during pregnancy just because it has ashwagandha in it. It's kind of like a gray area with pregnancy, but for sure, once I have this babe, and probably by the time you're listening to this, I'm drinking this every single day. Ashwagandha is an incredible 
herb from India that is really especially helpful at helping your body deal with stress because it's an adaptogen. It helps your body kind of adapt to the stress levels in your body. And if you're, if you're, you know, stress response or cortisol is too high, it helps to kind of bring it down, which by the way, cortisol is the main hormone that, that um, contributes to belly fat. Also, if it's too low, if you're just this really like flatlined, exhausted state, it helps to bring it up. So it's a really incredible herb. It also has moringa in it, which is a potent superfood. It has spirulina, chlorella, which sounds disgusting, but it's actually really, really good. My brother's like anti-vegetables and he loves this drink. So you can get any of the products over at Organifi, but especially recommend the green drink. And it's over at Organifi.com. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And at checkout, again, enter Dr. Lowe and you get 20% off your green drink or anything else on that whole website. My online fertility course is open for enrollment. I'm accepting students into the course. And this is a perfect course for you if you are thinking about looking into your own fertility. If you're wanting to do whatever you can now to make it easier once that time comes, this is perfect for you. So I teach you all about are you fertile? Are you ovulating? You know, what your hormones should be looking like? What are the tests that I run for my patients? And what you can be doing now to ensure that it's easier for you once the time comes that you would like to start a family. So which supplements you can do, you know, which foods you should eat, the toxins that you want to be avoiding in your household, and also different detox techniques. This is perfect for couples and also for the ladies. And I also have a portion of the course that teaches you how to improve sperm quality for the men. And there's really nothing like, and I'm so proud of this work. And this is all the stuff that I basically did to prepare my body for pregnancy. So I'd love to have you as a student. You can learn more and sign up over at goldeneggsfertility.com. And I will see you guys over there. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode and talk all about mold toxicity and hidden infections with Dr. Jess. Enjoy. Hello guys, welcome back to the show. So I am really excited for my guest who I have on this episode because I am obsessed with her and I've been following her for a while and I love everything that she's putting out into the world and just someone I'm so freaking inspired by. I just see her as being so, you know those people who you meet when they're just like so in their truth, they're so aligned with what they're supposed to be doing and you can see that they're on fire because of it. Well, this is one of those people. So, and if you know her work, you will know what I'm talking about. We're talking with Dr. Jess on the show. So Dr. Jess, she finished her medical um, school in 2006 after graduating from the University of Louisville and began internal medicine residency thereafter. So she's a medical doctor and she definitely practices differently than like any medical doctor, you know, um, <laughs> she's, she's really, um, she dove into the world of Ayurveda, holistic healing, nutrigenomics, stem cells, cannabis, Gerson therapy, homeopathy. I mean, what medical doctor do you know that really does that? <laughs> so we're excited to talk about all these different topics and, and talk specifically about mold and, um, you know, this is something that a lot of people are dealing with that have no idea about. And, and it's not really something that, you know, you're able to get a lot of options and healing from in sort of the conventional world. So I want to really shed light on this topic. And I'm amazed that over eight years of doing this show, I've never really talked about mold. It's crazy. And it's definitely been um, a request from people. So um, right. looking forward to talking about it. Dr. Jess, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It was, that was such a nice, humbling um, introduction too. Wow. Thank you. Well, and there's a big part of your bio that I skipped over and that's a lot of your personal story of what brought you to what you do, because it's not like you just one day are like, I want to be into natural healing. Like it was something that you really kind of needed to go down that road for yourself. Right. So give us some of the background. Why are you such a renegade when it comes to <laughs> healing and medicine? I mean, what brought you to what you're doing? Yeah. So, you know, actually, I think for a lot of people who come to see a new perspective, it was really um, pain. Yeah. So I went through a divorce and um, sort of hit rock bottom emotionally. And I was forced to kind of look at myself and be more accountable and um, change my perspective on things. And that bled over into my medical um, perspective and beliefs as well. And then when I left Kentucky for, you know, Oregon at the time, and then eventually California, um, I saw how everyone thought differently than where I was practicing medicine previously. And um, it was just sort of the perfect storm for me to be able to see how I wasn't getting to the root cause of the problem. I was being more of the problem in that system. Mm. Um, and then I started to kind of get reprimanded because I, I have a problem keeping my mouth shut when I see <laughs> things. No. <laughs> right? I don't see so, it. 
<laughs> and so I would, you know, go in patients' rooms and say, you've been on this proton pump inhibitor, like, you know, Prilosec, or excuse me, Pepsid, pri- pri- excuse me, Prilosec or Protonix for, you know, six years. And this is, um, this is a problem. You know, this is the package insert says, you know, six to eight months. And, and I would write these things in the chart and then the PCP would be liable and I would have people come and sit me down and say, you can't do that. So eventually it was just, you know, I was literally at a crossroads with my convictions and beliefs to continue to practice that way. Wow. (laughs) It's like you're a spreader of truth and yet you're being like penalized for that. Yeah. And it you really start to see how backwards some of our institutions and corporations and systems are um, whenever you see what is considered universal truths or universal help for people. And you're reprimanded. It really lets you know where the world is. <laughs> and I, my heart goes out to medical doctors who are in the same philosophy as you because you guys get way more crap than naturopathic doctors who practice the same way. Mm-hmm. Truly. I mean, I have so much respect because you really have to be bold when it comes to that. Yeah, you do. It's, it's, it's crazy. And you have to, um, you know, a lot of times you're safer um, telling the truth, you know, I've dabbled in all the things I'm an expert in all the things I talk about, but a lot of times I'll be a renegade more so when I'm not doing ozone and I'll talk about it a lot more because there's no harm in this country in, in spreading truth but yeah. yet, but yet if you're practicing and doing these crazy things and then publicizing yourself about it, the powers that be will not look kindly upon that all the time. Right. Right. And you, you shared on your Instagram that you, I know that when we talked a little bit about this, you were speaking at, was it the A4M or IFM? And there was an EA there. Tell tell that story. Yes. Oh my gosh. So it was A4M, which is um, the world's largest anti-aging conference. And it's held in Vegas every year. And I went a couple of years ago to every vendor booth, which is like the size of a football field, the vendor booths they have there. Everyone was, every other one was CBD or hemp or something, you know, cannabis. And then I went this year and there were none. So I asked around, you know, what happened to all the CBD? And they said, oh, yeah, the DEA came and raided this last year and picked up everything, read every label and confiscated things. So this year they didn't have any CBD vendors. So they said, you know, they're coming to the lectures. And so when I got up there, I, I, I had been told that they could, they had to disclose if they were there and you asked. And what topic were you lecturing on? Oh, it was the most oh, <laughs> it's non-controversial topic ever, ever. I just cannabis, you know, right. <laughs> and I was giving like dosing ratios in my right. lecture. It was, I mean, I was just like brazen. And so I asked at the beginning, you know, how many MDs, how many NDs, how many DOs, how many from the DEA? And there were a couple of men with beards in the back that raised their hands. They're yeah. all like trying to keep a low profile, but oh yeah, to keep it real for sure. I was literally like, "Oh, I can't speak freely." That's literally oh. was my answer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so wow. yeah, they, but yeah, that stuff happens. Absolutely, that's commonplace. Yeah. So, what about your own personal health history led you to this? Like. Yeah. Did you get real sick at one point? Like what happened? Yeah, I'm really prone to um, not taking sacred pauses in my work. And so I sometimes don't know how to ha- turn, turn the off button on. Yeah. If you it's will. hard to turn the passion off sometimes, right? Yeah. And so I, I, when you're that way, you can really burn out easily. I'm taking care of everyone else. I'm loving my work. I'm passionate. And you don't really realize when the stress is sneaking up on you until sometimes it's too late. And so that presented with, in me with panic attacks and anxiety, difficulty going to sleep and staying asleep and um, really crashing my sex hormones over time. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, I got the Marina IUD right about that time. Mm-hmm. So I was like basically perimenopausal. It was wow. awful. Yeah. Wow. So, how'd, you, how'd you pull out of it? Well, you know, at the time, I, I didn't know there was anything wrong with the IUD. You know, they don't tell us doctors about post-birth control syndrome or any of the side effects of the Marina crash. They think that's crazy. So when it happened to me, it took me a minute to kind of figure out what was going on um, because it just wasn't in my conventional training. Right. And so eventually, you know, when I'm waking up drenched at 3 a.m., I'm like, whoa, this is menopause. I have no estrogen. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so basically the marina had wiped out my hormones. I had, my body had changed. I felt like a hermit. I was anxious. And then I realized that I was burning myself out in a job that wasn't aligned with my truth. And so there were so many things wrong and that I, it's almost too much to count. Where do you start? And so I got out of the, hosp- the hospitalist work I was in. 
I left the system and went to practice in the naturopathic clinics, which cut my salary to about a third of what I was making. Right, it, was really, it was so scary. I was literally just spinning my wheels, like driving an hour to work, trying to just make ends meet. And where was this at the time? This was in Long Beach. I was living in Long Beach and driving to Irvine three days a week and working at Whitaker Wellness mm-hmm. and a few days a week up in like East LA. Wow. So it was crazy. <laughs> and all the time, right as I had my rain in, had it taken out. So that, you know, the struggle though is what led me to believe this is what patients go through. Um, this is yeah. why they, they feel so strung out and helpless and fed up with the system. And thank God for my training because eventually I did figure it out with all the hormonal symptoms I was having. Um, you know, I, I did realize what was going on with my, my adrenal axis. And so um, I really did have to kind of align myself more with my truth. And eventually I started my supplement company. And then that was, although stressful, it was a different level of stress than having to see patients every day. Right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's so much, it's so worth it having less money, but being in alignment with what you believe and living in a way that is, um, that's adding to your life rather than sucking you. Right. Oh my gosh. Amen to that. I, so that's the one message I'd like to tell the other medical doctors out there that are stuck in debt and feel like they can't get out is it's so much better to, if you can make it be poor mm-hmm. and, and not feel like you're a slave to the system. Yeah. And your supplement company seems like it's just crazy taking off. I mean, I see everybody on Instagram, you know, posting like <laughs> kill, bind, sweat, you know, oh, they're doing all, yeah. these, all these protocols and stuff. So it yeah. has it taken off more than you ever thought it would. Absolutely. Especially, you know, the kill, bind, sweat. It was, I didn't even really try. It just it was a couple of things I talked about and it just, everyone latched onto it because it's something that most people can understand and do. They can carry that out. Yeah. And so um, I think that's why it caught on so rapidly. It caught on so much that my, my team wants to, or we're in the middle of trademarking it right now yeah. or in the process. And, and, you know, I said the other day, you know, we need to get t-shirts and they said, yes, we need sweatshirts. It's kill by sweat. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. Or, or like towels that you can use in your sauna. Yeah. 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 Something like that. So, you know, and the supplements, man, that's been a struggle. That game is not for the, the yeah. faint of heart. I mean, it is super competitive you really, there are all kinds of little different rules you have to know. Knowing when to order and not going back order is a game all by itself. Oh my and God. So yeah. Thank God for my office manager doing inventory at Shine. Like I would, I would just, <laughs> I would jump off a cliff. Like there's no way. <laughs> right. So much. Yeah. And I started out doing this, making these in like the basement of my house by hand, you Whoa. know, sourcing from like places like Star Wars Botanicals. Um, and so it was crazy. So now they're in a GMP NSF certified um, facility and um, fulfillment center. And yeah, they're, we're doing amazing. Um, and I have a team behind me. And so it's just amazing to see the transition over a couple years that was started in, um, fall of 2016. Wow. It's grown really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice too, that you can help people all over the place without them coming to see you in person. Right. Exactly. It's, it's really nice. And you know, for me, I, I really want to, um, just empower people because the, I feel like patients and clients don't even know what to ask their doctors. What do you, they don't even know what to look for in a doctor. The yeah. system has confused so many people that they, we don't even really know what health is these days. They look, we have a disease based system, right? Mm-hmm. So my job is to kind of tell people, you know, empower yourself, you know, you know, your body better than anyone else. Don't give up if you have questions. Yes. And you get to have a doctor who is going to listen to those questions and, and give you the time and not, you know, make you feel bad about asking those. If you feel like too high maintenance for your doctor, it's not the right doctor. Amen. Right? <laughs> yes. It's so true. So let's talk about mold a bit. This is something that, like I said, I haven't talked about on the show, but it's something that has come up so much in my practice because being here in Southern California, it can get quite moldy. Um, it's pretty close to the beach. So, you know, and I find that people who deal with mold issues have a really hard time getting better from other infections. That's why a lot of times they can all kind of come together. Right. So let's talk about it. Like when we're talking about mold, people, what are we referring to? I mean, is this like black mold? Is it like, you know, fungus kind of stuff you see on your food? I mean, what are we talking about? It can be. It can be that either or all the above. Yes. And there is obviously some mold that's not bad for us. That's where we got, you know, penicillin to begin with. But in general, black mold, um, some of the Aspergillus penicillin species, there's hundreds of species of mold. They can be pretty pathogenic. 
And they've been overlooked by the medical system just because we don't really have sensitive testing techniques. Right. Um, you know, so that's the problem with a lot of medical conditions, actually. But mold in particular releases volatile organic compounds, and some of this, some of their byproducts are used in chemical warfare. That's how toxic this is. Wow. Yeah, it's nuts if you start researching it. It is absolutely nuts. And, you know, that can grow. If you ever have a leak or anything in your house, you've got to think so many houses have mold. They're exposed to the elements when they're being built even. Mm-hmm. So, and if people are sensitive um, and genetically predisposed, there is a, a subset of the population that is, then, you know, they can catch mold really easily and heal those spores. It can cause a systemic reaction in the body. And so, um, you know, you really have to be careful with, if you've seen a leak in the house, if you've been around a water damaged building, you smell musty smells in a house, you know, that's a warning sign. Not everyone's immune system is capable of, of you know, um, going through that yeah and and two people can handle it differently right so you can have two people in the house where maybe one person has maybe adrenal fatigue or um, maybe there's you know real dysbiosis in their guts their immune system is lower or maybe genetically they can't process it as well so you could have two people exposed to the same microbe and one person gets way sicker right completely and you know they think um, you know Dr. Shoemaker who is a pioneer in biotoxin illness and SIRS chronic inflammatory response syndrome or mycotoxin mold illness, he says, you know, um, that people, it first wipes out the adrenals. It's a whole systemic effect on everything. So um, you really have to be careful um, with mold and look out for it. It's, um, and we'll talk more about his plan and protocol, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking back to when I lived in Oregon, because I lived in Oregon myself, too, in Portland, and um, lived in an apartment there. And I didn't know at the time that the bathroom totally had mold. I mean, it smelled oh. awful. And of course, Portland's like the wettest place ever, you know? Yes, so, it is. So it's interesting is back then, my thyroid dosing, I think there were a few factors, but I remember my, the dosage of my thyroid medication had to go up and up and up and up when I lived in that particular apartment. So mm-hmm. I could see some clues as to why that could have been the case. It had to be part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people's autoimmunity get worse, their pain. I've seen it almost, um, if you talk to people who had systemic mold, they'll tell you, I can see how it is a precursor to Alzheimer's because I literally can't remember anything. I'm having word finding difficulties and um, just severe brain fog. Mm -hmm. Yes. So places that mold can be found in the house, bathrooms, kitchens, any places, like you said, that have a leak, um, even like cars, right? Like, oh, yeah. like the, um, the vents in, in a car. I remember I had a patient who she didn't know, but her car was just infested with mold. Um, workplaces, anything else I'm not thinking of that are like common kind of, um, you know, anywhere. You know, yes. I'll hear a lot of people talk about daycares and schools. Oh, wow. Yeah. Schools. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, public buildings in general, apartments, like, you know, public housing is the worst. And there's, it's almost like a conspiracy cover up about how much they don't want to do anything about it. <laughs> right. So, okay. Let's say someone listening is suspecting mold in their house. How can they find out if that is the case? Can they just do testing on, you know, themselves, maybe get like a kit or do they have to have some come in and do a test? How do they figure it out? The cheapest thing to do is do an ERMI approved test, which is an EPA type of test. ERMI is an acronym. <coughs> Excuse me. And how um, do you spell ERMI? E-R-M-I. Okay. And I go, I like micro, Mycometrics. That's a website, mycometrics.com. There's also a bunch of other good tests that can be ordered that you can get it done for, you know, $100, $200 for air and um, actual, actual physical swabbing samples of the house. Mm-hmm. And then the ERMI is the type of test they send it off to do. And, and is it Mycometrics, M-Y-C-O-M-E-T-R-I-C-S or X? Um, oh, e, yeah, Mycometrics, M-Y-C-R-I-C-S. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. And um, that, that's, that's really an affordable test to test the house. But, you know, honestly, there are 25% of the population that even if you remove them from the exposure, which by the way, guys, is the first thing you have to do. You have to be removed from the exposure or it won't get better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 25% of the population, even after removed from it, can't heal without supplements, a physician's help, 
um, and a protocol. And so oftentimes, even if people test their house and it comes back negative currently, that doesn't mean they weren't exposed in the past and it's right. not still a problem in their body. Yeah. Okay, cool. So they can do the home testing to see if that's something happening. What if someone suspects it at the workplace? That's so hard to get, you know, um, employers um, and corporations to sometimes understand the gravity of the situation. Right. And I, or if you're renting an apartment or something. Oh, you know? man. I have had friends recently get out of leases um, and they did it by get testing themselves, testing the apartment, coming to the landlord um, with a positive test and then saying, you know, the, the, usually what happens, what's happened recently is the landlords have been refunding them everything and putting them up in an Airbnb. Whoa. That's a yeah. landlord. Right. So that happened to a couple of my friends in LA. Um, and then, um, and that's really what should happen. You know, if they know yeah. the gravity of the situation with a positive test, they should respond that way. And then, you know, with employers, it's really hard. I would kind of go the same. And that's what I encourage my patients to do. If we suspect it in the workplace is to present them, um, with again, a positive test, you know, right. um, either yourself or your house or both, if you want to be super thorough and, you know, really, you know, try to encourage them to take a look at things. But sometimes it's such a big problem that the building can't even be remediated. Like they would literally have to move out of the building. Wow. Right. Yeah. So let's say, um, someone wants to look into getting it tested in their body. How can they check to see, you know, either old exposure, like they had it at some point, but not ongoing or, and also like current exposure. Right. So, you know, if you guys suspect mold, which, you know, comes with a lot of different symptoms, which I'll just run through really quickly, like severe chronic fatigue and weakness, a lot of times headaches, um, visual changes, light sensitivity, poor memory and word finding difficulties, stiffness, joint pain, like skin pricks and sensations and shocks, shortness of breath, wheezing, asthma, oftentimes sarcoidosis is oftentimes mold, um, appetite swings, abdominal bloating, um, difficulty holding urine are a lot of the different symptoms. And so if you guys are having stuff like that and things just don't make sense, then um, you, you know you really want to look into getting a test. And the cheapest test is a urine test from Great Plains Lab called the Mycotox that I really endorse and like. Um, and I've caught a lot of different ochratoxin on that and some black molds um, on people in that. It seems very accurate. And then if you want to confirm, there are also some serum blood tests that you can do, which aren't as cheap depending on what kind of insurance you have. But it's really just checking immune system. Things like MSH, which is a melanocyte stimulating hormone, um, MMP9. We check the complement, which is the immune system with a C4A. Um, so there are lots of different, there, there are more than that. There are lots of different things you can check in the blood to confirm um, uh, SIRS or mycotoxin illness. And just because someone pees out a mold doesn't mean necessarily they have, they have SIRS and it's a systemic problem, right? Right. So, so it's nice to kind of do both those to see where the person is. So I know I have a lot of um, medical school students and doctors who listen. So if they wanted to run those blood tests, is that something they just run through like LabCorp or Quest or is there like a panel yes. or company that's good? Yes, you can absolutely run it through LabCorp or Quest. Absolutely. And those are the big corporations that have so many more um, you know, options with stuff like that. So would either of those tests you mentioned show that it's an old or a current exposure? So, <clears throat> excuse me, the Great Plains lab urine test is going to show you what's currently in the body. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the blood tests are also going to show you um, what's currently happening in the body, but what's currently happening in the body could be due to a current exposure or a previous exposure. Because once it's to the point of a systemic SIRS picture, yeah. that can be happening after the exposure. It's just in their body and chronically winding down their HPA axis, their stress, their immune system. Um, and so we really don't have really good labs to, to, to tell when and if it's you know, acute or chronic yet. Right. Gotcha. So let's say someone does the urine test or Great Plains and that's all negative, but then the blood test shows something. That means maybe it was in the past that the body's still like responding to. Possibly. Yes, that's true. I, you know, I haven't seen that situation, but yes, that could be the case as well. Another thing that's really important to do is on survivingmold.com, which is a wonderful website that works with Dr. Shoemaker and his protocol. They have a visual contrast test. It costs 15 bucks. That's what's, it. What's that mean? A visual contrast test. So basically the, they look at sort of circles on the screen with spokes in them and people who have mold can't discriminate between the different lines in the circle 
And it's, uh, people with mold, over 90% of them fail this test. Whoa. So it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty specific. So Dang. That's really helpful. Yeah, really um, helpful. And it's, it's, it's affordable, you know, 15 bucks. Yeah, for sure. Are there other things that would make you fail the test besides mold, or is it pretty sensitive for that? Um, biotoxin illness in general. So sometimes people with a tick-associated illness, like Lyme or um, you know, Bartonella, some of the babesiosis, some of those other tick-associated illnesses can become a problem as well, because it also you know, kind of affects um, light sensitivity and visual acuity and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yep. How long do you feel like people deal with this before they get an ac- like an accurate diagnosis? Oh man. <laughs> oh, I, it breaks my heart to think yeah. about it. Cause, um, you know, I've had patients who've been on nine different antidepressants before they see me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people who've literally been in the psych ward, like they just left them to die. It's, I mean, it's insane what I've seen. And so by the time Patients have come to me. I, it's usually, I bet it's an average of three to five years they've been suffering. Right. Yeah. And probably a lot longer for people who, you know, just never find an answer. Yeah. I mean, my, like my boyfriend, for example, he's been chronically ill, not knowing what was wrong for 10 to 15 years of his life. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. And I know you, you didn't plan on being his doctor, but you kind of ended up being <laughs> his doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. You know, I mean, that's what happens. That's when you step up to the plate. So, right. And he's like a whole different dude. <laughs> yeah. He looks different. He acts different. His mood is different. His, his palate is everything is different. It's like wow. I've dated two different guys. <laughs> and so nice too, to be in a relationship with someone who by experience, like really believes in what you do. Yeah. I mean, and you know, he taught me actually a lot. He taught me a lot. Um, I didn't know nearly some of the symptoms that people could have with the things I saw, you know, he had clostridium, candida, mold, and we, I didn't test him for tick associated illnesses, but I suspect too, but he taught me a lot just living with him during this time. Right. I bet. Yeah. So (laughs) other symptom is, um, major like mental, emotional stuff, right? So depression, anxiety, mood swings, you know, all of that, like probably even like schizophrenia, you know, and things that are diagnosable. I mean, could be from hidden infections, would you say? Absolutely. And actually I wrote a recent blog post just about how psychiatric illnesses are often linked to, um, hidden infections, stealth infections. And, um, the majority of, of, psychiatric illnesses, if you look at the literature, there's always pointing to, you know, some sort of herpes virus or toxoplasmosis mm-hmm. or gluten sensitivity and schizophrenia, or, you know, I mean, it's crazy. Everything is linked. I mean, type three Alzheimer's or inhalational Alzheimer's is now linked to mold in the studies. Whoa. So, yeah. Well, definitely want to link that in the show notes. So we'll get, we'll get a copy of that from you so people can read that, that post. That, that sounds really important. And I have, you know, background in psychology and that's like my first love is psychology and the connection with, with nutrition and psychology. But I mean, there's so much, and that's just like the basics, right? But there's so much beyond that. You could be eating all the right foods, sleeping the way you're supposed to sleep, exercising the way you're supposed to exercise and have problems like this because you just didn't know that you were getting, you know, some unknown exposures that was getting in the way. It's true. It's really true. And, and so, and, and people don't, aren't taught about this and our system isn't educated properly um, about looking for these type of things. So people just accept their diagnosis and it's a pill for every ill. Right, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about the, the other infections that sometimes you see kind of tied into this. And then we'll talk about like how to get out of hell once you're in there. So, <laughs> so yeah. you know, we talked about mold. Um, what else do you find? Because sometimes these, all these kind of microbes like to hang out together. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, mold, it rarely runs by itself. Right. And that's, that's the whole purpose in my kill bind sweat protocol, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you know, you really want to look at for other co-infections because it rarely is by itself. I call them frenemies actually. They always mm-hmm. run together. So oftentimes you'll see candida because mold, how it works is spinning the adrenal axis down first. So people are exhausted then it works on screwing up your sex hormones and knocking out your libido. And then it gets on top of the immune system. So at that point, opportunistic infections have really overgrown some things like candida. If people have been exposed to, um, you know, any sort of spores, soil, anything like that, sometimes it'll come with clostridium, which really controls people's moods and episodes. And, you know, if they've ever been exposed to anything like 
a tick bite and all the literature, there's been literature that shows it's more than ticks, it's bed bugs, it's mosquitoes, it's fleas, and who remembers all that? So oftentimes if people's immune systems are lowered enough, something like that can get on top as well. And then you have a really, really sick human. Right. So you really need to rule these things out. Epstein-Barr is also a huge problem. And the viruses are the worst. I mean, they are the most difficult things to treat. Really? So besides Epstein-Barr, which is mono, right, for people who yes. aren't familiar, what, what are other viruses that you might be talking about? So all the different herpes family viruses, HHV-6 is one, mycoplasma pneumonia is one, CMV is one. Um, there's a lot of different viruses that can contribute to um, really lowering immunity and flaring during stressful or opportunistic conditions for people. And the viruses seem to hide in the lymph system really well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What, what do you feel like is the first domino to fall, right? Because there's so many things that we're talking about that can be happening all at the same time. So, and I'm sure it's different for every person, but if you were to kind of see like a common thread, where do you feel like things started that put people in this, this cycle with all these infections and not able to get well? So to be honest with you, usually, unless people really have it hard from the beginning, because adverse childhood events really do matter. So um, for all the parents out there, really watch your kids and protect them because trauma in childhood actually really, really correlates to physical disease later on in life. And so unless I have somebody who really had a bunch of antibiotics growing up or trauma, then, you know, when they get older, it has to be some sort of emotional trauma or stressor. It has to be a perfect storm that hits acutely that lets them get physically ill. So, you know, nearly all of my patients who have hidden infections, when I'm talking to them, I say, you know, back at that time, was there anything emotionally stressful or traumatic that happened? Yeah. And, you know, 80 to 85% of them say yes. Yeah. I lost a loved one. I agree. you know, something, it was totally traumatic that they, their perspective was so devastating to them. And then bam, their immune system took a hit and they got sick. And so I always try and unravel that emotional aspect or traumatic aspect for people on top of what physically happened in the beginning. And usually people will start talking about, you know, I had a, I had a kid and my hormones changed or I went through menopause or, um, you know, this really stressful thing happened. And then, um, I started to get really, uh, fatigued. Mm-hmm. And then I started not to sleep and right. that I was anxious or depressed all the time. And these are kind of warning signs from the body that something's awry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that you bring that part into it. It's so important. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we don't want to be, we don't want to feel like we have to live in a bubble and not be able to go outside because we're There's going to be microbes everywhere. Right. So yeah. it's like not about just like not inter interplaying with your physical environment. It's about like the vitality of, of the individual, right? The terrain of your system mm-hmm. so that you're not so sensitive. And, but if you have, if your actual life force is decreased because of all this stress and stuff that's happening, then obviously you're not going to be able to handle th- things in the outside world as well. Right. That's exactly right. It's, it all adds up. And you, know, for me, um, disease only comes from four places, emotional trauma and abuse, heavy metals, environmental toxicities, and self-infections. And so because I have that perspective, I'm able to try to dig into root causes. And I really, really, really always address the emotional aspect. Like, I'm so glad you think it's important too. Yeah. Let's talk about the heavy metals real quick. Mine's <laughs> yeah, why <laughs> not? So how do, how do these play in? So heavy metals, the way I describe them is they act as sort of a wall of inflammation for the frenemy infections. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so they kind of confuse the body's immune system. It doesn't act quite act properly. It's a little haywire. And um, they really can cause very extreme, extreme mental um, conditions as well that add into the anxiety and the improper thought processes and rumination with people too. Um and, you know, talk about some nerve peripheral neuropathies and um, some, some deterioration of the brain and central nervous system, that's heavy metals. And then add in the co-infections and they work together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, and they last for a long time in the body, right? So like I'll ask patients in the first intake, do you have any silver fillings in your mouth? They say, oh no, I got them removed like 20 years ago or, or five years ago or whatever. Um, and it's like, okay, but if they weren't removed properly, you may have had a huge exposure at that time. And I'll say like, did you, you know, how'd you feel at that time? Or have you been feeling okay since? And someone will be like, you know, now that you mentioned that since I had that happen, I haven't felt right. So um, oh, yeah. how long do they last? 
Oh yeah. Oh, some of them never degrade. I mean, the half-life is ridiculous. I mean, you know, you just don't want to be exposed and they live, they burrow, they hide in like the tissues inside the bone, inside the muscle. And so they're not just found on a, a routine blood test. So it's almost like you have to pull these chelate, we call them, pull these suckers out, right? Um, the metals out of, of the tissues. That's how well they hide in the body and can last for, for years and years and years. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, docs aren't really looking for stuff like that. You yeah, really have to be sure. your own advocate. Well, and they'll test, but they'll just do a blood test. <laughs> Which a blood test just shows ongoing exposure, right? Not stuff that maybe is stored from like 10 years ago. Right, exactly. And, and so you really have to think about that. And then another hot topic in dentistry too is root canals. And that's one of my routine questions for every single one of my self-infection or heavy metal patients is, have you ever had a root canal? And the majority of them, if they say yes, can pinpoint their systems to starting after that root canal. And a lot of times the symptoms present on the same side as the root canal. <laughs> you just shared a, a patient case, I think, on your Instagram, like maybe a week ago or something about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and this guy had so many health issues and had no idea that that could have been a, a real connection. Yeah, we did a whole episode on root canals, so we'll, we'll uh -huh. put a, a link in the show notes on that. Um, okay, so let's say there's all this stuff going on. It can feel very overwhelming, right? Let's say someone's had a root canal, they got heavy metal exposure, they got multiple mm -hmm. viruses going on, maybe candida, maybe the clostridium and you know, uh, mold exposure all of that, like, how do you sift through it? How do you pull out of it? Where do you start? So don't get overwhelmed. You know, we take it day by day and it is, it is a journey to heal. You know, it really is. And healing is not linear and you're not going to feel better overnight because really, um, the body, when it sees things that aren't supposed to be there, it reacts. And sometimes that doesn't feel great. And so our job is to kind of hold your hand and walk you through this process that so we've been told a pill fixed you overnight and that's just not the case. So kind of priming the patient uh, or client for that sort of perspective beforehand is really helpful in my opinion. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just so they know what to expect. And some days it's going to be rough. Some days you're not going to feel worse, you know, in the beginning. And so I really try to support the adrenal axis, depending on how bad that is. Um, that really has to be supported. Some people are so stressed out, they can't handle a detox. Right. Um, and so that needs to be looked at. If people have secondary conditions like histamine um, intolerance or multiple chemical sensitivity or... Um, any sort of POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardic syndrome, which are all these kind of sequela people can have from hidden infections. You really have to be careful because you don't want to be doing things like colonics or sweating in an infrared sauna with someone who can heart, whose heart rate can get out of control, right? Yeah. So we start slow with those people and it's a really on a case by case basis. But my, my personalized protocol is kill blind sweat. And so depending on what we find on things on specialty tests, like maybe we'll look at a stool test that uses DNA. Maybe we'll look at your sex hormones. Maybe we'll look at, you know, some Lyme testing or some mold testing. And depending on what we find, we do um, some anti-herbals. I try and do everything as holistically as possible. Um, maybe some candida support, depending on what we find. Um, SIBO requires a different diet. You know, all these require a little bit different tweaking. And then um, if we do find mold, um, that has to be removed before any tick-associated illness. Um, it can be a problem that, that hinders healing that way. So for mold, you really want to utilize binders. So binders and sweating. Um, and and what's then a it, binder? What would be an example of a binder? Good question. So things like activated charcoal, a lot of these V-like clays, which you should have tested for heavy metals, by the way. Um, and then things like silica, apple, apple or citrus pectin, Hemoconfulvic acid um, really has, a, has been shown to remove glyphosate from the villi of the intestines too. So all these things kind of pull things from the internal organs. Um, you want to take it away from other food and supplements because it does bind everything. Mm -hmm. And then try, if you're, if you're able to, I always think working out is the best way to sweat, but some people can't tolerate that. So just sitting in infrared sauna for up to 30 minutes, but start slow, you know, and hydrate well. Um, and then that really can get rid of a lot of environmental toxicities, heavy metals, and things like mold. Um, so people really can feel better quickly if they're doing this, you know, daily. Um, again, we don't want to give binders to people who aren't pooping. Right. <laughs> that could be a disaster. So we want to make sure their detox pathways are open. They're, they're able to digest properly. Their bile movement's working. They're, they're sweating. They're pooping. They're, they're exhaling. They're peeing. All that stuff is working. 
Because then we, if we're killing, we need to get things out so people don't react to them in negative yeah. ways. Yeah. So with the kill phase, does that depend on the microbe or do you have like some general, you know, antimicrobial things that you use? Yeah, absolutely. So in general, I use a more of a broad spectrum and it all depends on what we find too. But just generally speaking, I would, I really like biocidin. It's liquid and liposomal. It yeah. covers a wide variety of, um, biofilm, um, induced infections. So it can get Lyme, it can get, um, you know, candida, it can get clostridium, it can get a lot of those hidden infections. Um, and then, um, I also like Microbiomaster, which clearly is my product. Um, and that one's 11 different herbs. I like it because it has potty arco and uva ursi, which, um, biocidin does not biocidin has essential oils though. Mm -hmm. So they work in two different ways. <clears throat> and so, Sometimes I'll notice one will work better for one patient and another one will work better for another. Um, and do you use them together oftentimes? Sometimes, you know, yeah. it sometimes it depends on if I think the patient can handle it or not, but yeah, right. so a lot of people can. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really similar to, to how I do things too. And I love biocidin. Um, Me too. Super helpful. So for people who don't know what a biofilm, it's kind of like a shield that a microbe will put around itself, mm -hmm. right? Pond scum. Yeah. <laughs> pond scum. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good visual. Um, so with the binders, you're doing that between meals. So is it like between breakfast, lunch, lunch and dinner? Or is it like before bed? Or do you have like a preferred? Yeah, routine? I usually do it twice a day. So I'll have people do, you know, a, a couple pumps of biocidin or two types of microbiomaster. And then we wait an hour or so to let it digest. Make sure it's out in the system doing its job. And then I'll have them take, you know, something like GI detox. I have a pretty heavy duty binder coming out soon. So I'll be utilizing that. And then, you know, around the time of the binder, they go sweat. Gotcha. Um, if I'm still having trouble with people going to the bathroom or, you know, they're really not moving along as quickly as I hope, I really look into testing their house to see if there's anything holding back our healing. Or I start to look at another detox pathway, like encouraging colonics or coffee enemas. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, something like that is sort of the next step in the program. And then, you know, if I think patients can tolerate another, some of those antipathogenic stuff on the earth is ozone. Mm -hmm. So, And how do you uh, administer that? It depends on the patient. IV ozone or major autohemotherapy is great for um, just a wide array of conditions. But there's something called rectal and vaginal insufflations where you can actually do like, you know, ozone's a gas. It's O3. It's what, literally what protects the earth. And so you just do an enema basically in those, um, you know, cavities and try and hold it as best you can. And it's really helpful for patients who have cancers in those areas. You know, it's funny is I actually have given my dog ozone, um, suppositories. It probably works. Did it do amazing thing? Magically. Right. It's, magic. so magic. Yeah. it's so magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have it in my freezer. My, my vet is, I'll have to give you your information. She's like this shaman, amazing healer person. And okay, she, I need her ASAP. Yes, yeah. She's done wonders. And, and I was taking my dog to just kind of the conventional vet and was just, she was not getting better. She's having all these weird symptoms. And now, you know, at 11 years old, she's like going on five, like maybe oh. less. She's like a puppy. It's so cool. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I need, I need this shaman in my life. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Totally. I'll send you your info. Um, so, okay. So the kill bind sweat and, and for like, everybody's different, of course, but for like kind of most patients, how long do they tend to have to do that type of protocol? Yeah, totally patient dependent and subjective. But um, like for instance, Jason, we'll use Jason, my boyfriend, because he yeah. doesn't mind. Yeah. He was sick for 10 to 15 years. So he had a really indolent insidious infection and it took me all of eight to nine months to heal him, all of it. And wow. he lives with me, you know? Um, and I, it was more of a roller coaster because I got to see his moods when probably other people and doctors wouldn't hear about it, you know? Right, um, right. So, so it was it's so a learning experience though. Wow. Right. It was really interesting to see it from the patient's perspective from that way. Um, so, so, and, you know, some patients that they just, they know when the exposure happened, they haven't been sick their whole life. They have a pretty well-developed immune system, you know, sometimes three to four months on a protocol it's made for them is really good. And, you know, there are secondary things you need to support. Like I always check the immunoglobulins, secretory IgA immunoglobulins in the gut to see if they can mount a response to the mucous membranes. I, you know, make sure their, their omega-3s are good. I make sure that their Markhan score, which is a nasal swab in their nose, comes back negative. There are certain steps you want to take if people come back with mold or Lyme. And let's say their nasal swab is not negative. What would that mean? 
So at that point, we need to see how they're feeling. We need to assess the patient again. Um, there's different, I usually use a colloidal silver nasal spray with EDTA as the biofilm buster, but Dr. Shoemaker's protocol, they use something called bag spray, which is a mix of, um, you know, biofilm busters and um, gentamicin, which is an antibiotic. And, you know, it's, it works locally and it works really well. So at that point, you know, I may incorporate something like bag spray if the first round didn't get it. So what does that mean if they have a positive um, swab? So Mark, Marcon stands mm -hmm. for multi-antibiotic resistant coag-negative staph. Mm -hmm. And so obviously it's staph. It's not mold or lime or anything like that. But they found in studies that the probability of you having mycotoxin illness or SIRS when, when your Marcon comes back positive is really high. And they also check for a biofilm it, um, production with the swab as well. It'll come back weak or strong. So wow. it's really, yeah, it's really useful actually. And it's, it's kind of a quick and dirty way to find out where people are. Right. By the way, you have the most beautiful sounding bird in the background. Oh, like thanks. That, that bird is like, I'm sure you're listening. It's like, oh, it's just this beautiful soundtrack while we're talking about staph infections. Oh my gosh. They're talking about this gross thing and there's yeah. a beautiful bird. Yeah. The duality of things. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, just curious. What is the, what are the stool tests that you prefer to run? Yeah, so I, I usually use GI maps by yeah, Diagnostic Solutions. I like them a lot, but I have noticed that oftentimes it will miss Candida. I I'll, I yeah, yeah, I'll miss it. I'll, I'll run it with the Oat Test by Great Plains Lab, and that never misses Candida. Mm. So, no. the Oat, you know, the Oat has, um, I think, number six and seven markers, Arabinus and Tartric on there. Um, that both are, are candida markers. And then um, people will be dumping oxalates on the second page, which is a byproduct of yeast if, if they have it. So it's well, always I just got to say, I, I, I'm pretty open about sharing my personal stuff on this show. Oxalates yeah. have been a big, a big issue for me. Mm. And especially in my pregnancy, I have just so much pain. Like I've had to go really low on my oxalates because I was finding I would, I would, I would get out of bed and feel like every bone in my body was broken. Just like so Ugh. much pain, like vulvodynia, keeping it real. Oh um, my God, the worst. You know, mood See? stuff, like brain stuff. Like I just felt like a crazy person. And, you know, I, I did a call with Julie Matthews and was picking her brain about it. And, um, you know, just really figured out this is what's going on. So I've been cutting them out and my pain's like 70% better. I'm so happy for you. It makes you feel like an 80-year-old person with arthritis, yes. doesn't yes. it? Yeah, it does. My boyfriend had the same thing, and he would have painful urination. He would say it would feel like sand coming out. And this is a risk factor for calcium oxalate kidney stones, you know? Mm, right. So yeah. I'm so glad that you got to the bottom of it. Um, but yeah, but definitely look into yeast and things because sometimes mm -hmm. that can be a byproduct of their dumping. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is early in my pregnancy, I had to go on antibiotics for a, mm. um, a bladder infection. I went to a kidney infection. I didn't know I was pregnant. So that okay. I think totally set me on that track. And then of course, when you're pregnant, your immune system is lower. Yes. So all of it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. It does. So yeah, if any of you guys listening are dealing with a lot of chronic pain or kidney stones or some of these other symptoms, definitely mm -hmm. look into oxalates and yeah. see if your doctor will run an oat test. And if they don't know what that is, then get a different doctor so they can <laughs> figure it out for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Yes, I love it. Yeah, because it's hard when you're trying to figure it all out yourself. I can definitely attest to that. It's overwhelming. The yeah. O place is a great place to start. However, it's kind of a test for nothing. I describe it. It's like Seinfeld. It's a show for nothing, a test for nothing, but they're both amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's a great place to start if you guys are looking. Yeah. Um, let's talk real quick about EMFs because this mm -hmm. is something I know we both geek out about and this is related. I find that, you know, I had one patient who was dealing with so many multiple infections and it wasn't until I had this local EMF guy come out to her house, do a home test and see all the things happening that she was exposed to all the time that was getting in the way of her healing. So she now like sleeps with this like tent around her bed <laughs> that blocks yeah. all exposures. And, um, you know, she just, it, it's like camping now in her house versus all of this technology that she's constantly inundated with. Um, and she has been a whole different person. So let's talk about EMFs. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a crazy story too. And I've, I've heard some of that. I haven't seen it a whole bunch, but I've heard of stories of that happening. And, you know, with 5G going up, I don't know who's screaming they want faster internet, but with 5G going up, you know, that really is a concern because these cover, you know, three to five miles right. of um, this different radiation. And, and there have been tests, like for example, studies, um, the Inkling Heart Institute out of Seattle 
um, has studies that show that mycotoxins explode 600 times when placed near a Wi-Fi Wi router. And there's some of the published PubMed studies now coming out saying that uh, I think it's the 2.4 gigahertz is the frequency they chose. It actually disrupts the microbiome and um, causes um, overgrowth of listeria and coli and antibiotics don't work as well. So, so these studies are now coming out and you've got to think these are invisible waves that are passing through our body when we are in our house and we look at the Wi-Fi networks. There's 15 of them there. Those are all passing through your brain and body. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why yeah. I got the Wi-Fi out of the clinic. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, good. Good. So, so what do you think people can do? Because it's like, okay, we're in this world of technology. We're, it's not going to go anywhere. It's moving like a crazy fast train. Yeah. So what can we do to protect ourselves? I mean, the way I see it is at least keep your house as low exposure as possible. Like get it to a place where it's like you're camping in the house, but you can do that and still have access to technology, you know? And oh, then wow. that way, that way you rest, you really heal and get great sleep. So your immune system gets that boost. And then when you're, you know, out in the world, you're going to be able to handle a lot differently. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't remember, don't forget guys, we always used to have landlines and like hardwired computers, you know, into the ground. So we didn't have Wi-Fi and hotspots everywhere, you know? Um, so you can always do that with, you know, just a desktop again. Mm -hmm. And, and then again, there are blankets, there are shields, there are tents, there are covers for your phone. Um, there are lots of ways to seal off and, um, Wi-Fi proof a house too. Yeah. Um, so there are ways to protect yourself. Unfortunately, when you're out and about, I still haven't figured that one out. I don't think anyone has, um, but knowledge is power. So the more of us that know, the more of us that can speak out, the more of it, it's well known and there's power in numbers. Yeah, we did. Um, I think I've done two different episodes on technology and ways to protect your body. So I'll link those in the show notes too. So you guys can learn a little bit more about that, but you know, if you end up changing things out in your house where you have things hardlined, your internet ends up actually being a lot faster because Ethernet technically is a lot faster than Wi-Fi. Yes, so it is. It's a nice little bonus. Um, good, good, good tip there. I like that. Yeah. What else about this world do you think we should talk about? I mean, I think that's that's awesome. It's really like where these exposures come from, how they can all hang out together. Yeah, you know, you know I think really yeah. just like chemical proofing your house. So going through your household products, your cleaning products, your makeup, your fragrances, your are you drinking tap water or not? You know, really going through every room in your house and picking up labels and and anything you put on your skin, in your body, out of your body, anything that you're exposed to, you're breathing, you're smelling, you're looking at. Make sure that it doesn't have a warning on it, that it doesn't have a toxicity on it, that you understand how that works in your body. And, and really chemical proof your life in your house because you can cut down so much on exposures from pesticides, herbicides, and environmental toxicities just by doing that, just by eating cleaner and using cleaner products. It can really make a world of difference for people who have, you know, hidden infections and chemical exposures and toxicities. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You got to get the exposure out of there and then guide your body to heal. And, yeah. and, you know, try not to get too overwhelmed by this because I know it's like everyone needs to take a breath after all this information, but you just little by little, you start cleaning it up and working through it. And it's a process. Yeah. It's not an overnight thing, but it also wasn't overnight to get you to where you, where you started from, you know? Right. So, so it is a process right. and have patience with yourself and, and just remember you're healthy as you go through it. It's not like you're sick and you're this, you know, I mean, even, even when you have a lot of symptoms that make you feel like you're sick, you also have a lot of health. You're still alive. Your heart's still beating. Things are working still really well in your body, even if you have a lot of symptoms. So just remember that, you know, and, and thank your body for what it is doing for you. Because if you see yourself as sick and, you know, you're identifying with that, your body listens to that too. So, you know, try to keep a good attitude through it. And it really does make a big difference. You're very powerful. If you choose to think positive or negative, that's very powerful. Yes. I love, did you see the movie Heal, the documentary? Yes. Oh. I want okay. everyone to see that movie because it really just shows just the power of your mind. And when you believe your body can heal, it does. Yes. So, yes. Girl, I, I am so happy you came on the show. Thank you so much for your time, your generosity, your expertise, and just being a badass and just like fearless out in the world because it makes such a huge difference. And um, I know you're just helping so many people. So thank you. 
Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it and everything. Your introduction, it was so sweet and everything. I appreciate it, Lauren. Thank you so much. Yeah, and all you guys check out Dr. Jess at drjess.com. You can follow her over at Instagram. And it's um, what's your Instagram handle again? It's dr. Period Jess. Period md. Period. Awesome. Yeah. All right, girl. We'll have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.